the Norwegian method. I'm Olav Alexander Bu, peak human performance developer, coach to Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden. I'm Dr. David Lippmann, a health and human performance specialist. And welcome to the Norwegian Method podcast. Welcome to the Norwegian Method podcast and thanks to Morton, leaders in endurance fueling, for sponsoring today's episode. Check the show notes for links and details of a one-time 20% off code to use at morton.com on orders of the 1-52 collection, a one-week training pack. Welcome back to the Norwegian Method podcast. Welcome to Ulav, of course. So thanks for joining again. And uh, today we're talking swimming. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk swimming. So I think... We've touched on previously uh, in this podcast series, and you have touched on previously uh, your excitement around heads-up displays on goggle lenses and the benefits of having a technical feedback as well as then pace and, and potentially heart rate as well. So we, we talked about that in terms of intensity control. But other than that, I've also heard you talk about there's a lot to be gained in the swim. Let's let's start there. Where where do you think we can gain in the swim with pertinence to perhaps? the top end and then where do you think age groupers can can gain in the swim where, where do you think there's low-hanging fruit so to speak for them to improve in their swim i think first of all you don't it's very handful to have a good coach on the deck but at least you should ensure that you have a biofeedback system so mm-hmm. have a have goggles for example that can give you f- instant feedback while you're swimming is very useful the next question is like so how do i use these goggles the good thing there is that they they record your velocity in the pool and they record like uh, like every 25 or 50 meter or 25 or 20 if you know 50 meter uh, 50 yards that you are swimming so the good thing there is actually you are building also a velocity profile as you are going you can see what kind of velocity did i actually hold over a certain distance when did my velocity start to drop all these kind of things and that's very useful data because if you have a target velocity for let's say you're doing a 500 let's say you're doing 400 meter repeats or something like this but you see basically after you've been swimming two no two uh, two uh, intervals of 400 meter when you come out to let's say 300 meters then you are not able to keep up your velocity anymore or you actually what you see is that you're starting now to compensate by that you see the stroke rate now is starting to increase and it just increases 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 think of this much in the same way as lactate maximum lactate steady state when things are not steady anymore it starts to basically deviate from uh, where basically the ratio between between those two values then uh, are not constant anymore they are actually starting to one is starting to depart from the other and that's the same thing here also you uh, if you are swimming in a way that it's very easy and you're just keeping it steady and it's kind of then it's no problem to keep your stroke rate over the whole length but if you're coming out at a certain length and suddenly now you start to see that your stroke rate is starting to increase by one two three strokes for example in, in order for you to keep the same velocity over that distance what this is is very useful information because that means that you or your coach or you both together can actually look at how do we actually now build or or sets in order or intervals now in order to to practically practically address this and build it maybe it's not good to swim more 400 meters then maybe you can do you can probably maybe start with two 400 meters but then may effectively go over to 200 meters or 100 meters and then eventually what you're looking to do is to bridge it so you do three 400 meters four 400 meters and so on and that speaks to quality right we need to maintain quality here we don't want to see technical degradation we don't want to ingrain or re-ingrain or reinforce previous habits we want to especially in a technically heavy sport, which is so drag dependent, we need to be moving as best as possible at all times. Yeah, and then of course, it's easy to talk about all these kind of things. Uh, It's harder to do something about it because it do require actually that you sit down and look at the data and that you actually effectively are looking at how can you implement this. And then also, this is also an experimental or or research on yourself because it doesn't mean that you're gonna hit uh, bullseye on, on first attempt. You might have to do a couple of more changes, but the really cool thing with this is that it is now individualized to you and your needs. Maybe everybody goes in the pool that day and do 400 meter repeats or something like this. But the takeaway is that one, he needs to work on something different. You have to work on something different. And this is where the individualization comes in. It doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to do something completely different now. It's just where is the attention, where's the focus and how do you address this? So that's one. The second part of it is, of course, be very uh, conscientious about your hydrodynamic drag so how can you be this uh, that is very difficult to to be honest 
probably the easiest way for most people is to of course use a camera and look a little bit on your position in water uh, both front so basically what does the frontal uh, area look like how, how are your shoulders of course some people have it's not useful to force yourself into something um, just because it looks hydrodynamic if basically you end up swimming really poorly so you need to find this combination but again this is the cool part of it if you make this a process and experimental i think that you will be you will have much bigger reward in the other end because uh, you are learning how to deal with let's say new numbers new new uh, situations and on the other side you will also become what i believe a much better swimmer this way compared to just brute force uh, pushing yourself through putting in the like the effort that you that you are capable of doing just to try to get faster that's uh, not very uh, sophisticated well your, your roi on improving power significantly or, or output is not going to be much if your drag worsens even or or stays the same right yeah. so it's not a good roi you're better off spending it on that and, and it might be the opposite i know it's never going to be the opposite but it might it's a good contrast to put to running where CDA and, and drag is not as big a factor where you, you kind of have to improve power more in running compared to swimming where you know there's a lot to be gained with just improving aerodynamics in swimming or fluid dynamics rather, not aerodynamics. Yeah. Something that's always interested me about swim training is it's very different to any other modality in that even if you're an endurance swimmer, you seem to swim these shorter repetition intervals. So 1500 meter swimmers, for instance, will very rarely swim 1500 meters, but a 1500 meter runner it very rarely breaks it up into hundred meters, right? To use a contrast. And of course there is like a four to one in terms of duration. So there's obviously, it's not a good analogy to draw, but something that's always interested me in general with swimmers, but particularly in triathlon swimming is that there seems to be this tendency to break swimming into smaller and smaller chunks rather than doing longer sets. Where do you sit on the spectrum? I assume, and I, and I don't know the answer to this, but I assume you're as, as you are able technically to maintain that technique, you want to push that as long as possible to make it as specific as possible at least once a week or once every couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, and this is also a little bit back to where we started this whole conversation on swimming as well, uh, where we introduced a little bit uh, that there are different cultures, different yep. environments, people spending a lot of time on drills and other things. Um uh, to be a little bit uh, blunt, um, very often you should look at your program and look at, okay, what is it that I'm actually trying to do here? So if, okay, if it's 3.8K, it's 3.8K. If it's 1500, it's 1500. It doesn't matter. But this is what you are effectively trying. You are effectively trying to swim faster over the distance that you are uh, covering. And that has a very specific, it is very, very, very specific. So uh now when you have identified of course that uh, let's say in our case you're an ironman athlete 3.8k that's what you're going to swim that is and you have set a uh, time target that is as specific as you can get it how can you do that now the fastest possible very often uh and again to to simplify things but uh, this you will hear from most coaches i think and people that have been around for some while and that is that uh uh, specificity is king uh, and again now to like make a really crazy uh, comparison if you are looking to excel in running you can't be swimming and if you want to excel in swimming you can't be running but of course this is triathlon uh, or let's put it this way if you want to be good in golf you can't go swim you have to go out and practice yeah. golf well it feels to me like getting better at 3.8k swimming isn't doing multiple 100 meter reps in a 25 meter pool like that doesn't that doesn't feel like it's going to help that much to me yeah so 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 then uh then back to a little bit where we started drills um why do you have drills in your program what you have to always ask yourself is a little bit okay so there's a part of this swim that is going to be specific like looking to really improve what i what makes me faster and then we already talked about of course when we talked about workouts how do you have workouts with so we had already said okay there are some high medium low or key development and maintenance sessions um, and you can also think of it this much, very much of course in swimming as well there are some elements to your swimming that is key there are some elements uh, to your uh, session that is more where you're looking to develop something or support that key development and then of course there are parts in the swimming which is pure maintenance um, and for me drills sits on the maintenance side uh, and you shouldn't do more drills than what is necessary because it's a waste of time if you start doing all kinds of uh, all kinds of drills that is not applicable to 
what makes you faster. So in general, a way to do this is that, okay, if you have a lot of drills in your program, I would almost say that, okay, start with removing one drill and then look, uh, have a look after a couple of weeks, have you become slower? No? Okay, then time for the next, remove the next drill. But and then you're you do- also, you also got to then swap that for something because you're not just removing it. You know, yes, so basically, look, this is, this is time. So you are effectively looking yep. to swim more, like more specific, like swimming what you're supposed to do. That's, 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 that's why we go, go to, 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 to swim practice. Uh, so, yep. uh, you, of course, swimming is much more technical than running and, uh, and, um, uh, and biking. And, of course, it's important to build awareness around your body in the water because you have so little feedback. But there, is a, there has to be a balance between how much drills you have and very often there are way too much drills just added to a program uh, and there is actually no idea behind why or there's no purpose behind why it is there you can't generalize and say that well there should be x amount of drills in the program because that's what we always done because we're looking for that individualization that specialization what is that you need and that sometimes that is basically where a drill come from we have to remember there are drills named after people or after what they look like. And there's a reason for it. Because there was a brilliant coach that invented a drill to address something very specific for that athlete. That doesn't mean that everybody afterwards then should use that drill. Because that coach invented that drill for that athlete. Because there was a need for that athlete to have the drill to, be, to become a faster swimmer. And the natural sort of next step from this is, yes, we're removing drills. Yes, we're adding more swimming. But we're finding the drill that makes the most difference for us. So there's going to be a diminishing return on the number of drills, but there's definitely going to be one or two or three drills that are going to address you better than the other two, three, four, 10, 15 drills, right? So there's going to be a couple that are really going to move the needle for you, whether it's your kick drill or whether it's your pull drill, whatever it is that you need to work on, how you sit in the water, whatever that drill is, you need to find that one. Exactly. You need to find that drill and that needs to be, you're almost better off doubling down on that than exactly. doing a bunch of other drills that are yeah. arbitrary where in areas of strength swimming is so technical that you need to focus on probably here on less tasks than more tasks uh, and i would even say that one task and get really good at that uh, before you start to add another drill so probably you get a i would probably focus on one drill maybe and do that really good and see that you're able to bridge that into your swimming because ultimately if you're not able to even bridge that drill into your swimming and swim faster then you're doing the wrong drill then you have to figure out another drill that tries to address the same problem but from a little bit different angle yeah it's it's so interesting to me thinking about this from a skill acquisition point of view because i've come from sports that are heavily technical in some regards like weightlifting and i'm, I'm thinking exactly to this is i would watch coaches use a specific drill and it not work and then switching the drill for them to, to achieve the result they wanted and then using that only, right? And that's, it just doesn't seem culturally that that's what happens in swimming and yet it should be, right? Because the skill acquisition thing is does this drill transfer to your swimming? And if it doesn't, why? And can I, do, can I use something else? But I think also it's very important when you, when you start doing a drill to be patient, to sit down and have a conversation with your coach or yourself and then basically look at, okay, how long time would it take for this drill to start to make its way into making you a faster swimmer? And, and the reason why I think it's important to set these expectations before you start effectively implementing it is because you have to give it some time to have an effect. If you're looking at for to have an effect, like immediate effect, then you might be quite disappointed and you just start... Uh, if, uh, like throwing that away that didn't work and then you're putting in another drill and then you're putting in another drill and another drill and you basically you will never um, uh, be able to move the needle so i think it is important to sit down with yourself or your coach have an expectation for how long will it take for this drill to have an effect and then if it doesn't have effect within that one you have to look at the, are you executing the drill in an effective way or should you make some smaller changes to it and then you maybe look okay let's try now another period but of course don't don't spend too much time don't be too afraid of changing it if it doesn't really have effect after you basically have gone through a period or intervention where you have used it one and then you made some changes then go for another thing and it doesn't that doesn't mean that the drill will never work for you but it might be that you have to do something first before you go back to that drill again for example for it to have effect and it, or it might be that that drill was not not correct but that again is something that comes with experience uh, and and again everything moves slow in the beginning your processes your method everything is slow in the beginning it might be frustrating um, uh, we are impatient everybody wants to get fast very quickly we are looking for the quick fix be patient have set expectations beforehand and then look at okay this is what we're trying to do now we have to give it this much time 
and then uh, after a couple of weeks say four weeks this is when we are if it haven't have had an effect then then we have to do something about it but this you will already have an indicator of when you are going through week after week after week whether things are starting to move in the, the direction and it's also not unnatural that when you are moving in the right direction other things are also changing so you might take two steps forward one step back don't be discouraged or one step back first and then two steps forward right? exactly also yeah we are brought to you today by Plasmade. Plasmade is a proprietary liquid performance and recovery supplement formulated using only one active ingredient, French maritime pine bark extract, aka PBE. PBE is an adaptogen which triggers your body to produce a stabilized form of nitric oxide, which is a powerful vasodilator, improving blood flow to muscles and the brain. Plasmade is for use pre and post exercise, augmenting other energy and hydration supplementation used. In addition to all of this, Plasmade also has powerful anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects, which aid in recovery from training and competition. For your 25% discount on Plasmade, and to learn more, head to the show notes. So that's a really nice sort of thought, rounded off around form and, or not so much form, but uh, drills, right? Let's, let's think about how we're using drills, when we're using them, which ones we're using, how to evaluate them. So we have that portion of swimming and it probably sits as maintenance. Perhaps if you are a very new swimmer and very technically inefficient, it might be a, a key session or it might end up being a development session for you um, is most likely. So now how do we apportion our repetitions? We sort of, I gave the analogy of 3.8 Ks doesn't feel like uh, multiple yeah. 100s in a 25 meter pool. So, yeah. where do you sit on that spectrum? Is it, are there lots of long reps in key sessions? Or yeah, but I, I think again, in how I would approach this is I wouldn't go straight onto a 3.8k. I would probably no. not go onto a 1500 either. Again, this I think you actually pinpointed it quite uh, clearly, and that is that uh, even for a 1500 meter runner, they don't necessarily run 1500 meters all yep. the time. They run 400 meters, they yep. run 800 meters, and they also have longer runs, of course, that are ex exceeding the 1500 meters. But it has also to do with duration too, and a little bit, of course, the modality. Yep. Uh, I think swimming exactly because it is harder to get feedback. Sometimes, like if you just go on swimming like 1500 meters, you have no feedback before after 1500 meters effectively. Yes, you can maybe see a hand waving or uh, somebody trying to scream something to you, but it also again then draws attention away from exactly your feeling and to, to something external that you're trying then to implement internally. At the same time, you're trying to keep your velocity. It, 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 it is difficult. So I would say that in swimming, it for that reason, it makes sense to break it up into to, into shorter intervals. But you just keep you are just looking to keep the breaks also short, uh, because effectively you are gonna swim 3.8 k, not as intervals, but continuously. So having a little bit longer swims uh, now and then is important. I think it's better to have it a couple of times a month than a couple of times a year, and when yep. only when you're competing for sure. Yep. Uh, and that's also equally much to get an idea of what is happening as you progress to 1,000 meter, 2,000 meter, 3,000 meter, and then up to 3.8 or 4,000 meter. And you're basically also looking at what, 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 what is changing here. Because that, again, is very important information to have a long time before your race so that you can effectively analyze it break it down and then again when you're doing then looking at the performance model and you're making a gap analysis or you're reverse engineering this where do i have to put my attention now because in swimming you will also look equally much also to how to improve your technique or let's say your efficiency in the water because efficiency in the water is extremely important much more important because your that will be the main limitation for you very soon after you starting or let's say after a couple of months of swimming this is what will very often hold you back from becoming a faster swimmer in triathlon so breaking it up i think that's a good idea then also because since you're swimming intervals i think that one of the, okay one thing we haven't addressed very much yet is that is that triathlon is a complex sport. The reason for that is because it's combining three disciplines. And we already know, and you know probably also uh, as a listener, that when you have been swimming, you don't feel the same on the bike as you go out and you do the same power without having swim swam before. And that tells us already that when you go out and you do your bike intervals, they are not, they are, they might be specific, but they still lack a part to that specificity, and that is the swim beforehand. 
And very often the problem with this is that you go out and you're much fresher and what you actually end up practicing is much higher power outputs than what you would normally do in swimming. So this is something that is important to have in mind. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't practice higher power, but just be aware of this because this is different. You have more fatigue there and especially on the run. Running fresh is not very specific, but it might be important. But it's also very important to also become a good runner when you are fatigued. Ideally, you are so strong in the swim and in the bike that you are ahead of everybody and you come off the bike super fresh and there are no fatigue. But um, I think that as the field advances, it gets deeper, stronger and so on. Uh, That's not an option anymore. People will look to push the limits. So um, swimming, um, it is not very often that you're gonna end, uh, swim uh, probably as an age grouper uh, warm-up then let's say 4k of a main sets which is very or say let's say 3.8k as a main set and then you also have a cool down afterwards so then of course here also again we are talking about making this dent into the curve so let's say that you did now a velocity profile so you have established your 100 meter all out time or 200 meter all out time 400 meter all out the time and 800 meter all out the time and maybe also you did longer like 1500 and 3.8 k tests for example or 4 k test then of course you have a very good picture exactly of what is your what what is your abilities at cur- currently and now when you start doing the swim practice this is exactly what you're trying to 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 improve as you move forward early in the season you're looking potentially to grow the whole curve so you become better in all all uh, distances um, but as you start to to come closer to races you will normally have let's say built what you can build there and you're more now looking to prioritize and become better in the spe- specific domain so that's the 3.8k so does that look like longer reps at goal race pace with shorter rests is that basically the progression towards yes listen my reps are gonna get longer my rests between those are gonna get shorter and i'm gonna be swimming all of those at goal pace so effectively we're extensifying yeah. from where we are yeah. right and and that would be the goal at all times because technique like technique is such a limiter yeah so if technique is a limiter when we see technical breakdown you need a break enough that you can then go again right and I think I think that everybody you, you can of course fool yourself and, and of course you are still prioritizing those high intensity I, I'm sure that this will be uh, a lot of people will uh, continue to sin and that is that the high intensity sessions is where people really like go all in because it's fun it's uh, it gives you a good feeling uh, or the feeling that you're looking for and then the longer swims because exactly you uh, you do, you're not looking to exhaust yourself you are looking to set yourself up for a brilliant bike and run afterwards so you actually get the fastest triathlon time that you potentially could again now if you're like if you are a swimmer and the most coolest thing you do is to have the fastest swim split sure keep doing that if that is what motivates you to do the rest as well but in general at some point probably most people will transition to looking to improve their arm and times so it will don't be afraid of losing a little bit on of on your let's say 100 meter time or 200 meter time uh, that those really short duration times when you're getting closer to races as long as you see that you're getting faster on the 3.8k and don't even be afraid of prioritizing a little bit more of that and really dropping the volume a little bit on the high intensity stuff um but uh i would say that when you are uh when you have, for example, goggles, or even here, of course, it's enough with a watch. If you just look at it afterwards, then you, but then you don't have the feedback. Is that what you're always looking at? Is basically what is happening from after 200 or 400 meter, 800 meter, 1200, 1600, so, 2k, and so on. What what is the stroke rate for the for that velocity looking like? And this is basically how you're looking. Uh, that, that is bringing the uh, the attention or the awareness to where you have to be focused. So, for example, if you're swimming a little bit longer set, which you should do now and then to exactly have this kind of feedback, because that is what you're really looking to improve in the end that 3.8k swim and you see that basically when you after a couple of months or half a year of practice you're maybe now four five six months away from race and you see that when you come around 2k for example and you're keeping that target pace that you know that this is this this is going to set me up for like a really nice uh, race day 
and but you also see at that point that your frequency starts to increase and you have to mobilize well that's a really good feedback because then, okay cool that means that maybe one way to address this is i can do for example and first like a 1500 meter swim and then i give my give myself a short break and then i start to do a thousand meter and then you basically make a staircase so you make it you 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 you, you regress on the interval length keep the velocity but in this way you're able to keep up a good quality another way to look at it also is that when you are swimming and you see that you are for example let's say your stroke rate is starting to increase when you approach let's say two 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 kilometers for example two thousand meter another way to do then is for example that you are swimming but one thing that is is that you you for example agree with the coach or you for example you just look in your goggles is that you're just swimming and you try to make it easier for yourself but you know that okay when you come around you and you see that 1800 meter or 1900 meter in your goggles this is basically that now i have to be really focused on my technique i'm gonna do whatever it takes now to keep my velocity and my stroke rate and I'm going to feel what this feels in my body and the goal now is exactly to extend it beyond 2k so if it happened at 2k before now you're looking to, to move it to 2.1k and then later on to 2.2k and this is how you progress basically in there but this data it really gives you a good feedback of what is happening and and gives you like really clear targets also in your swimming for what you can work on specifically what is specific to you uh to to improve uh, and i think this kind of way of working is much more mindful than very often what happens people just go mindlessly into the pool they just swim some sets well, do a lot of drills and, nice, and then they don't care it's nice to be able to just think about nothing is it what everyone says in the pool right i go into the pool i look at the black line and i, and I clear my head I get to think about the day and it's like well that's the opposite of what you want to do you want to be really mindful in a technically heavy sport yeah it should be all about technique and, and that is mindful and yeah. that will help you in a similar way mentally but but slightly different so we've talked a lot about what effectively boils down to specificity, right? This conversation has been about drills and all sorts of things, but all of that really boils down to specificity, let's be honest. So how much time would you prioritize, provided you have the ability on open water versus pool swimming? Or is that to do with uh, technical ability? Because if you can't maintain technique, I think your answer is probably listen, stay in the pool. Uh, if you can't maintain technique in the open water, but ultimately for a large portion of Iron, Ironman events, your lake, river, yeah, open water versus pool, I guess. I think the good thing with a pool is, of course, that everything is controlled there. Mm-hmm. So, so you you know that there are very little noise that creeps into the data. So, I would say that swimming in the pool, as long as you actually are using the data in a way to inform yourself or your coach to make better decisions and and in, in, and individualize the program, bring attention to certain uh, things then I would probably advise on doing most of the sessions in a pool. Swimming open water uh, is, of course, very important also because that is, in the end, what you're going to do. And, of course, swimming in waves and other things will require a little bit different technique than what you have in, in the pool. Not much, but a little bit. Much in the same way that if you are sitting on a turbo and you're biking that's a little bit different than when you get out on the road so even though you build like fantastic fitness on the on the turbo and you get out on the road you very often feel a little bit rusty on the road there you can't corner a turbo exactly and that's that's a little bit the same thing here also if you're swimming in the pool and you never swim outdoors of course it's going to be a little bit of a shock of you that's if, yeah. if if only you come out on yeah. race day sighting yeah. waves exactly all that stuff yeah so so doing that also now and then to see if there are things there that you have to improve uh, is important so they're putting in some competitions like shorter competitions it doesn't really have to be an ironman competition it can be even on standard an, distance or even sprint or, distance or whatever or, a, or a, an open water swim yeah just an open Open yeah. water swim competition. Yeah, exactly. Open water competition. But the yeah. good, the really good thing with exactly that it is a competition is that you are in a field of a lot yeah. of athletes, You're and that pack. also is very different than just purely swimming open water on your own. Well, it's also scary. Like, let's be yeah. really clear. If you've only ever swum, say, a really calm pool, right, versus a heavy squad pool. So if you swim very calm pool, not many people, you, maybe two, three people in your lane, and then you go to an open water, maybe even a a floating start. And, and you swim, like that is going to be petrifying for you. You're going to get hit. It's going to be, yeah. So you need to spend some time doing that. And there's cool ways you could do it, right? Go to an open water swim competition and then ride home, use it as a brick session. You could do all sorts of stuff like that. So yeah. I think 
And then also, if you know, for example, let's say that if, if it's difficult for you to get to a competition or they, yeah, that's, uh, it doesn't fit really well into your schedule and you don't have access to that. Another thing is to do is that if you have, if you know there are some open water swims around you and or there are most likely some, I'll say, Ironman triathletes around you, schedule an open water session to, together with them. And if you already did a competition or you didn't, uh, or those other people are that did, ask them a little bit, okay, what, what, what really set you off or what, what is that you dislike with this one? I think a lot of people, they are very uncomfortable with a little bit like quote unquote fighting that uh, it feels like a little bit when you are swimming and like a big wave starts and they're actually just going out and practicing a little bit that you're rolling over each other people are like we are swimming over each other these kind of things because in a pool let's be honest people are very or most of the time they are very polite and and they respect you they swim on the side in a competition when there are hundreds of people out there people will swim over each other Today's episode is provided by VO2 Master, your solution in making informed training decisions and unlocking advanced insights into human performance. Upgrade your training and metabolic assessments with the user-friendly VO2 Master Analyzer. VO2 Max, RMR, CPET with the reliability, accuracy, and portability that you want. Use the code OLAVMETHOD, that's O-L-A-V-M-E-T-H-O-D, during checkout at vo2master.com to get a free assessment kit with the purchase of your first VO2 Master Analyzer. So tough question here, because the answer is going to be it depends. We talked a little bit about standard week setup, and we've also talked about not necessarily allotting a lot of time to swim because the duration is relatively short in an Ironman compared to bike and run. But let's use a really extreme example. I grew up as a track athlete and I cycled a lot, right? So I've got a really good training history running, really good training history riding. My, my times are let's call it top 10 in my age group for run and, and bike, but my swim is terrible. Like I'm bottom of my age group in a swim. I've, I'm just learning to swim. How much are you actually going to add there? Because as you said, really, really well, is it's not going to make a huge difference. You can probably still, as a top 10 bike runner, you're probably still going to be top 20, maybe even higher if you're the worst swimmer in that group because you'll bike and run through a, a number of people. So like how much are you emphasizing that? And is it going to be... Are those extra sessions going to be a lot of technique work or are they going to be a lot of other stuff? Technique, other stuff, it depends. One of the things that we also have to remember is that how often do you do a marathon? How often do you do a 180k bike? And one thing we do know for sure is that spending time on a turbo, for example, or being out riding shorter rides will also improve you on 180k even though it's not you could say that ah but it's not as specific the same also with the running you don't have to do a marathon run to excel on a marathon run and that's also the same with swimming you don't have to do a 3.8k swim uh, uh, then excluding warm-up and cool down so effectively and maybe 4.5 5k swim for example or even longer uh, but it is about making this dent in this velocity curve a very effective way to do that is like we talked about here time to exhaustion at for 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 a five minute all out is much shorter obviously because it's five minute all out yeah uh, than, than a 30 minute all out so the velocity that you're keeping on the 30 minute all out is much lower but it means also you have to swim longer duration or distance in order to to approach that exhaustion again we're not looking for exhaustion but we're looking to make a dent in the curve and that's also why we, we're not going to do a 30 minute all out we break it up into intervals around the velocity so that we can effectively accumulate much more time but in order now to induce this this is the same stimulus it means that if you take if you're going to improve your 30 minute all out and then that means also that you can't you, you, when as intervals you can't have intervals that are effectively 30 minutes because that's not all out you're breaking it up intervals now so effectively you can do much more time than 30 minutes so you have to maybe go to 40 50 60 minutes to basically get the same or let's say exhaustive feeling as you do on a 30 minute all out again we are not looking here to do exhaustive but it have to be longer than basically than what you do when you do all out so much in the same way that talk when we talked about improving your five minute all out you are breaking up into intervals and when you're breaking up the intervals you can do three two three four times as much on the or less a high intensity stuff than what you would do if you only did like an all out so the same thing here is also uh, good we, we just said that, okay one you don't have to run a marathon to improve your marathon you don't have to buy 180k to improve your 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 uh, arm and bike you can do shorter duration but it becomes of course the further away from that specific intensity you get the, the the less specific it becomes but of course you also have to look at okay where 
what what are the limitations how can i improve uh, and if you have very little time then of course you have to go to the higher intensity domains to really have that effect compared to at least i can train more but again then to the swimming that means that if you are swimming now for example uh in the pool and your swim session is 3k or uh, let's say that's what you're able to put in there that means also that if you're swimming 3k but you know that on competition day it's going to be obviously then 3.8k and here with the 3k we're not talking now about warm-up and cool down so if you uh, or th- then we're also talking warm-up and cool down so effectively maybe you you are only able to swim 2.5k uh, or two or even less that means obviously that those 2k uh, that you are breaking up into was have to be at a high enough velocity that it makes a dent in the curve but i wouldn't suggest doing them as 50 meters or 25 meters with long breaks in between there because then your session is going to get one long and then you could already have spent that time more effectively on swimming a little bit longer sets Uh, so so the needs i would say i would probably then do let's say that okay let's let's use an example so let's say that we say 3k uh, and we have to make this count that would mean i would only do try to do a fairly short warm-up Impo- warm-up is important the whole point with warm-up is to prepare you for the main set so you are able to excel on the main set think of it again key session uh, development session maintenance session the warm-up is actually a development session. It's all, it, it is basically where you are looking to let's say, get into bring your focus and attention to what you're going to do and then you gradually ramp up a little bit the velocity or pace. So you're getting a little bit closer to what you're going to do. And then you're looking to bring in a little bit or full specificity, actually. Uh, maybe not on duration distance, obviously, but at least on velocity and your technique for what you're actually going to practice now in the, in the main set itself. And then you give yourself a break. And to reflect over, okay, this is, this is where my attention is going to be. Or your coach tells you, okay, this was really good. Remember now to keep focus on here because we saw here in the warm-up that this is what happened. So now when you're doing your, so let's say that we take this, then let's say you're able to to get in 3K, then we could say that, okay, keep the, I would say, keep the cooldown short. The whole point with the cooldown is purely just to bring you back into a mental state where you actually leave the session with a good feeling and you're ready for whatever comes next. So 200 meters, if that's needed, 400 meter. But I, in a 3K session, I would try to keep this fairly short. You are, it's also not like cooldown stops uh, if you don't do it in the pool. When you are getting out of the pool and you're walking around and these kind of things, surely is not as specific, but it also brings down any movement will bring it down. But then again, also there's an actually also being debated that some of the, let's say the signaling that is happening in the body is actually stronger if you don't do a too long cooled on as well but then we are getting into more like susceptible domains so 3k it's going to be let's call it 100 maybe 200 meters warm down we're going to talk what no so, so let's say so 3k so 200 200 meter warm down yep uh, i would do 600 meter warm up so i would do 200 meter just get into the pool and just do some drills or these kind of things that that you think really is important for this specific session and for 200 meters that doesn't allow you to do a lot of drills but uh, you, you are focused on it bring a little bit exactly of what you that you did on the drill into a little bit higher velocity now on the next uh, 200 meters um, but now it's getting more specific because now you're looking to bridge exactly that drill into what's coming on the on the next 200 meter and when you do the last 200 meter so now you're effectively swimming 400 to 600 meters this is basically when you're looking to do as specific as possible what you're going to do in your main set for example and now you come to your main set so now that means we have now taken 800 meters away because we also said they're going to be 200 meter of cooldown in the end so 600 meter of warm-up 200 meter cooldown so that means we have taken 800 meters in total now off the 3k so that leaves us with 2.2k for the main set so let's say that this is going to be now something that we are looking to improve our uh, Ironman velocity uh, ultimately or Ironman time in swimming ultimately. Then in this sense, I would actually obviously look to do 2.2K at a pace which is significantly higher than what I would do in an Ironman. Why? Because if I'm swimming at Ironman pace, I know that that's something I should be able to do for 3.8K at least uh, because you're not looking to exhaust yourself at the moment you come out of the water. 
So this, so obviously now, if we are swimming at 3.8 k velocity or the target we are having there, the problem is that this is not going to make any dent in your curve at all because you're too far away in terms of what, where the velocity, that specific velocity, will bring you to exhaustion within a 2.2 k set. So obviously we are not looking to bring yourself to, to, to exhaustion, but what we are looking to do is at least to bring in enough fatigue that you really have to focus on technique and improve uh, improve a lot of things in your body we can talk about. Of course, yes, you are improving your aerobic system and you are improving this and that, but in reality, it really doesn't matter. If we basically see now that you are capable of now swimming at a very high velocity uh, that sits well above there, Okay, let's say we do 400 meter repeats. So then we do five 400 meter repeats and a 200 meter in the end. Or you can do uh, a couple of, let's say you do two 400 meters and then you do uh, or three 200 meters. No, sorry, three 400 meters and then you do a 200 meter uh, a little bit slower as a set break and then you do another two uh, 400 meters at the end there. Then you have basically 2.2. So it's a little bit of a, let's say an asymmetric, uh, asymmetric uh, set. But on those 400 meters now, uh, if your arm and pace is, uh, let's say, uh, 130 min uh, minute per kilometer, no, sorry, per 100 meter, uh, um, here we are looking to swim much faster. So you were looking at, uh, since this is broken into 400 meters, uh, and we already said it, uh, you can swim one, one minute 30 uh, per 100 meter uh, on an arm and that's again not all out uh, for if you tested like a 3.8 K all out let's say that then you were able to swim one 26 uh, minute per hundred meter uh, we are here now looking to maybe swim for example this is again how vertical or, 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 or horizontal your, your velocity profile is but if you have like a very horizontal profile uh, then you might even look to drop it down to um, 124, 122, maybe 120, maybe even faster than that potentially. And then at the end of uh, the end of those 2.2 case, the feeling that you should be left with there is that you still would be able to execute with very high quality or the same quality at least one or two more intervals we talked about that in training and i think that's important yeah. walk, walk away ready to come back and, yeah. and train the next session whatever that is in strength training they are really good at this uh they are talking about repetitions say, repetition. in reserve exactly yeah. and that we can also introduce here as well we can also talk about repetition in reserve how many repetition could you actually do and the times you actually go to complete exhaustion should not be very often you should always have some repetition in reserve that doesn't mean brute force that you are losing technique and everything you're looking to do repetitions in reserve with the same execution on quality yeah right lucky last one for the the uh, swimming episode how do you choose a wetsuit any advice for that so wetsuits that is something that is, is extremely personal because some wetsuits are made very uniformly meaning that the amount of neoprene used for example in the upper body uh, torso or let's say middle section of the body and the lower part of the body is for example the same thickness if you are a leg heavy swimmer i would typical advice on getting a wetsuit that doesn't necessarily provide maximum buoyancy in the in the in the front because there is a limitation to how much neoprene you can use and there's a limitation to how much new how much buoyancy neoprene can provide so if you're maxing out the buoyancy in, in everywhere in in the suit then you're going to have the same position in the water very much or not 100 but you will have a little bit the same position in the water but you're just floating a little bit higher in the water compared to when you are um uh, swimming without a wetsuit so for example if you're a little bit leg heavy you, you typically see from videos that your legs are heavy or, or sorry they're uh, dragging deep, deep yeah. yeah that they are deep in that sense i would rather compromise a little bit on the front so actually going with a wetsuit has a little bit less buoyancy in in in, in the upper uh, part and then gradually more buoyancy or more neoprene on the legs for example or or thighs torso exactly to help you get your legs a little bit higher up because again when we have been doing research on wetsuits one of the things we do see has the biggest impact when we are using wetsuit is one buoyancy is the, is the most important one and the second part of it being basically how horizontal you are underwater so this means basically that finding a wetsuit that allows you for the most neutral position in the water or most horizontal position in the water will most likely make you uh, fast in the water that being said 
when you do this, one thing to be aware of is that when you do sighting, when you are very horizontal in water, that will feel different than when you do sighting when you don't have a wetsuit. Because it, when you are, let's say that you have, are a little more uh, deeper with your legs naturally, it's much easier to sight forward compared to if you're more horizontal in the water. And just a couple of degrees here actually makes a difference. So this is something to be a little bit aware of. But of course, hopefully you're not spending that much time on sighting because you're developing a good directional feeling and you, you sight every fifth uh, stroke or something like this, fourth or fifth stroke or maybe even less at times depending on of course if you are in a deep field or whether you are swimming more on your own so wetsuits is very specific but it can be said there are differences between wetsuits you have wetsuits that are not very well designed they have so much gimmicky stuff on them that they, and that really doesn't contribute to uh, faster uh, velocity it's more like a marketing hype and then you have those wetsuits are really are made to make you faster um, and the most important factor on a wetsuit is obviously neoprene what kind of neoprene and where and actually where is the neoprene on the on that wetsuit or how is it distributed if there are different thicknesses on the wetsuit Th those are the single most important factors the rest of the things that are on a wetsuit is of course that you can start to look at creating more or, or help with the biomechanics so this is of course very important also you don't want a wetsuit that causes you to use a lot of energy to move your shoulders forward because that's going to exhaust your shoulders this is going to make you feel very different so you want something that has a very flexible neoprene in the shoulders and also on the lats because you can't on a wetsuit when you're stretching your arms forward you'll actually see that not only on the, on the shoulders you're moving the neoprene it will also actually on your lats you're also moving the neoprene purely because you are moving your hands forward so then again neoprene which is uh, allows for your lats and your shoulders uh, arms to to work as good as possible and that is important there are of course a little bit differences here too you can also look now if you become like really advanced now you can of course look at okay how do actually the wetsuit help you dynamically some people actually do actually sometimes prefer to have a suit that in in let's say in the in the final part of moving your hands forward that it actually provides a little bit of resistance because there you have quite a high speed on your hand already and if now the suit starts to slow down uh, let's say your entry into the water it really doesn't matter that much but now you can imagine that you get a maybe a little bit of help on that first part of the stroke because it basically helps you drag your hand through the water this is getting very complicated mm. and now we are into like these are details and margins and it's very questionable even to to what extent they really help you and it comes more down to per personal preference the most important thing is buoyancy and your position or your horizontal position in the water that's the, the single most important things one thing that we we saw when we when we we researched this is for example we had in in olympic swimmers into uh into the flume and we we tested on uh, on them and then uh what we saw there was that for example for one of them um uh, that athlete was staying so high in the water that she actually swam slower with a wetsuit than without wetsuit for then you can imagine that, and this was a female she has been participating in in several olympics uh, and one of the things that you can imagine there is that there you actually don't want a thick wetsuit you just want a wetsuit that just provides the thermal protection that you're looking to have remember the reason why we have a wetsuit is is that the first and foremost is to give you thermal protection that's the first and foremost the side effect of that is that it very often also helps us swim faster because it adds buoyancy to our swimming. But thermal protection is the first and foremost or most important thing with this with a wetsuit. But for some, obviously, you're not if it starts to impair your swimming, you start to swim slower. You might have to compromise a little bit on that to find like the good like an optimal uh, balance between uh, thermal regulation or thermal protection and um, and your velocity. And for example, for this uh, female, she was actually staying so high in the water that she couldn't kick anymore because she was just kicking air. Her legs went out of the water. It was a little bit surreal to look at, but there we are not talking about like one second slower or two seconds slower. It was so much slower with with the the four different wetsuits we tested that. Um, for her, she just needs the thinnest possible wetsuit that gives her just enough of thermal protection that she doesn't uh, get trouble in the water and then is uh, again coming out on uh, out on the bike, uh, ready to make a very good split there and and, and run as well, but or that sets it up for a perfect day. 
But this is different. And uh, of course, this is most likely not going to be the problem for most people. So back to the wetsuits again, there are quality differences between wetsuits. Um, we are very cautious about this because uh, if we can get free speed or free velocity uh, as because we are not the fastest one. We talked about this a little bit, how we prioritize. Mm -hmm. But if we then can get... Remember, wetsuit is something that gives you free speed. And there you want, of course, as much as possible. This is not compromising your training or how you're distributing your training or intensity. This is purely something you actually get on your body that makes you faster. So obviously, because we have trade, we trade away a little bit more on on the top end, and that's why uh, also we we end up coming out of the water a little bit behind uh, the first group sometimes. Then, of course, we want to spend more time exactly on picking that right wetsuit that gives them the or set them up for saving as much time as possible. So. Uh, we are currently using uh, the Deboer wetsuit and uh, now we are into, because of the research we're doing, we are now entering into a new phase where we are even advancing this even further. So, um, and the main things we are focusing on is buoyancy and where it is. And of course, if we can improve, for example, skin friction drag, surely, of course, we're going to do it. But I don't like wetsuit with a lot of gimmicky stuff on i only want things that it purely makes you faster if it has like some directional panels or 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 water straighteners or uh hydro fenders or i i couldn't care i purely want something that from a physics approach makes you faster in the water and of course supports the biomechanical the physiological part in a way that uh, it sets you up for a the best race of the day awesome i think that i mean that episode is going to be very popular i think i think uh, people are going to be challenged by it and i think that's important that we start to question why we do the things we do and how we do them so i think it's really important for people to listen to talk to your coaches about it discuss it amongst yourselves as well so i think i mean we covered a lot of stuff there we talked about open water versus pool swimming we talked about how to structure swim sessions we talked about where to emphasize them we talked about how to choose drills where to choose drills how to use feedback when to use feedback and maintaining quality and then how you would build a sort of swim progression through there so i think it's really really helpful for people we also talked about selecting a wetsuit which i think is a real bogey area for people so thanks so much Olaf. we'll be back on the next session with our biking episode there it was swimming all things the swim so no doubt there were some challenging concepts there or some things that challenged your views please do send us questions via dm on instagram to the centara tech page via email to info at centaragroup.com or if you're on Spotify, down the bottom there, there's a Q&A section. Drop your question in there and we will hopefully get to that as part of our final episode of the season. So thank you again for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Rate the podcast if you haven't. Share it with a friend, of course, to help them improve their swimming or their triathlon in general. And join us next week where we will be covering, you guessed it, the bike. The Norwegian Method. The Norwegian Method. The Norwegian method.